You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Hey there, it's Chris Spangle here on the Chris Spangle Show. And I'm going to be talking to you more directly and more personally on this feed. And sharing thoughts, quick thoughts, I think, that don't go in the big feed or things that interest me beyond politics. But I just had an extraordinary meeting. I'm sitting in the parking lot just thinking about it. A, there was a turnover on the Indianapolis City County Council. A woman named Maggie Lewis has led it for a long time. And young, vibrant leader on the Democratic side. Very likable. And she was overturned for a guy named Stephen Clay. And if you've seen The Wire and the guy that goes, she, <laughs> that is, that's the guy that Stephen Clay is. Only Clay allegedly might have touched some 14-year-old boys in his church that he's a pastor of. And yet still somehow the Republicans on the council decided that he'd be a fit leader for the city county council. And the Democrats just kind of said, well, this can't happen. And Clay eventually resigned, and in his place was put a guy named Vop Osley. And Vop is somebody that I ran a candidate against, I competed against in 2010, when he ran for Secretary of State. And then three or four years later, I worked with him a little bit at an ad agency that I worked for. And I always found Vop to be very... He, he will stare at you intently and listen and... You know, tonight around this round table, remembered every single person's name, remembered my name. I mean, he and I haven't talked in probably five years. Uh, you know, it, just a really intelligent guy. His dad was, it, it was from Nigeria, and he lived in Nigeria for a time. And Vop is one of the few Democrats that I've ever really had a good, I'm not going to say close relationship with, but very friendly. Um, one of the few Democrats that I have his phone number in my phone. Uh, let's put it that way. Uh, and it's because Vop is a guy who isn't trying to... He's, he's, he's a lot like Mike Pence. And I don't mean to smear Vop in that, like that. But Pence is a man with a lot of ambition. But Pence is also a man of decency. And you may look at that and you go, Well, how can you think this way about that thing and these people and call him decent? Because he is. He just has ideas that you don't disagree with. It doesn't make him a bad person. Like, Mike Pence does not cheat on his wife. He he believes in what he says about his Christian faith. He believes what he says about his ideas. You just hate him more because he actually wants to enact those ideas. Uh, but he is a very decent man, and every time that I've met him, he has been decent to me. Now, I've heard stories that he has not been decent to some others, but it didn't happen to me. And likewise, Vop is a guy with ambition, but also a man who takes public service seriously. And he put together this roundtable of millennials here in the city of Indianapolis, which is the 12th largest city, and invited your boy. And I wasn't sure that I was supposed to be invited, A, because I'm a libertarian, we don't get invited to anything, but B, I don't really feel that I qualify as a civic leader 
uh, as I sat around and everybody talked about their projects, you know, it's like, I work with this, you know, recidivism reduction program, and I work with this group to work with this charity, and I, and I'm like, I have a podcast, (laughs) but the truth is that this is a public service, because I'm trying to introduce a new strain of thought, not just libertarianism, but also approaching politics from a place of empathy. And, man, it is so nice to not be beholden to an ideology, because when you're sitting around a table of people your own age in a political meeting, everyone, every race in the city was represented, every political ideology was represented, Every culture, I would say, most cultures were represented. I would say that one person in the room probably voted for Trump. I voted for Gary Johnson and everybody else was a Clinton voter. But when you ask this diverse group of people, what do you want the city government to do? What do you want from the city government? Everyone who made a point got head nods from every other person around the table. And everybody wanted the same thing. They wanted jobs. They wanted uh, better economic opportunity for their kids. They wanted better schools. They wanted better roads that we pay for. They wanted more equality in terms of how the government handles everyone. They wanted justice, that justice is applied equally across the city. And... I think we all agree with that, and everyone in the room agreed with that, and I certainly agree with it. You have, you run the risk, if you don't get involved in local politics, of letting yourself get propagandized, where uh, there was, for instance, representatives from an undocumented immigrants group. And they're like real people. (laughs) (laughs) they're flesh and blood and have hopes and dreams and don't want the cops to hassle them and they're just trying to get to work and like yeah they're here illegally but they're like just trying to make a better life and you go oh wow okay well I guess I just think of these people as numbers or pawns in a game or an argument over Facebook and you just forget that they're real people And it was just such a great reminder, I think, for everybody in the room where you see people that you would disagree with on Facebook and you go, when we sit in a room and talk to each other, we want the same things. But when we get on Facebook, we argue with each other. We treat each other like enemies instead of like friends. We all agreed at the end of the night that we wanted to continue to to meet up and talk and discuss issues that relate to our different communities. And I hope that we do that. I recommended not a boardroom, but a bar, getting together in a personal setting. And I hope we do do it, because it was really great to get to know people who... I mean, let's be honest. How do I put this? I'll say what I said in the meeting. One of the guys who worked for Indiana Black Expo, a black man, he said, you know, it was weird going to this conference because or in this meeting, for instance, because I'm never in a situation where I'm around a lot of black people. 
And I said, to piggyback off of what he said, I'm never in a situation where I'm around a lot of black people. And the room laughed. But it's true. Like, I live in a suburban area of Indianapolis on the south side. It's not fancy by any stretch. It's very middle class, a lot of working class people. It's very white, uh, except for the second largest population of Burmese outside of Burma. But they kind of stick to their area. We kind of stick to ours. There's not a lot of crossover, which you'd think like we share a community, we would talk to each other, but I don't know how. I, I, ne- I have been in this town in politics and media for 15 years. I've never been to the Indiana Black Expo headquarters. The Indiana Black Expo is this legendary group where they put on an expo for blacks in the city. I've been instructed by Harry not to say African Americans. And I was talking to Aaron Williams afterwards, and I was like, isn't it a shame that I've never been in this building? That I was the head of the third largest party, and you guys never invited me? And he said, likewise, you never asked to come. I said, I wouldn't know how if I had wanted to. And it's not that I didn't want to, it's just I didn't know, I didn't think of it. Because I'm so in my own zone. I'm so in my own life. I'm I'm going to my full-time job, and I'm working with people who look like me and have the same relative experiences that I have. I come home and I talk to my friends who have the same skin color and socioeconomic ladder that I'm at, and we have the same problems. And we, the reason is that we bond together with people that are like us because then it makes our shared experience easier. Uh, But Indianapolis is actually a pretty segregated city. You don't have a lot of racial mixing or cultural mixing. And that was the one thing that we all agreed that we could fix. Because that's easy to fix. And it was so funny to hear how many people in that room were actually libertarian. Because I spoke up and being the libertarian, I said, listen, I think everybody kind of wants the same thing. We want lower taxes, but the services that we pay for to work right... And then let us do the rest. And I got an amen. <laughs> you know, like, all of these folks who work in the black community who deal with the government know it doesn't work and it's not helping their community. And they want to do private organizations, build these private organizations that actually help people because it's more effective. And I think that our cities are more ripe for libertarianism than we give them credit for. And if libertarians actually started engaging in those communities, we might start to see some change. But first we have to humble ourselves and accept the fact that we are uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable walking in that room, but every other person walking in that room was. It doesn't... Your skin color doesn't matter in that situation. Like... Everybody was nervous because you're in a room of strangers. But, I mean, I don't, and I guess I don't want to make it a racial thing because none of them did. I, I'm, I'm doing it more than they were, but um, I just didn't realize how close so many elements of urban society are towards libertarianism. And it's because we don't talk to them. Uh, And when we do, we condescend or we write them off as Clinton voters or socialists or Bernie voters or whatever. And and they are, but that's because they haven't heard a different perspective. 
So I don't know how you fix it in your city. Like, hopefully you get an invite to, like, some hoity-toity thing. But uh, if you have organizations that are centered around a certain ideology or a certain ethnic group that you do not have exposure to, why don't you go to an event and try it? And, you know, I think we sometimes go, well, I don't think I'm going to feel comfortable if I go to this thing. I think you will. Because what I have found that when I go to any group, left, right, center, you go to any group around an ideology. I've been to Democratic state parties. I've been to progressive rallies. I've been to conservative Tea Party rallies. I've been to every different type of group you can imagine in this city. And everyone's super nice. And even when they find out that you might disagree on stuff, they're still super nice. And I think that if we're going to keep this a democracy, that's what we have to start changing. We have to start thinking of them as the others. And by them, I mean people that we don't agree with politically. Um, We have to start breaking that down and having those conversations. Uh, It was a great lesson for me tonight, to be honest. One that I I needed and uh, wanted to share it with you, and I hope that you get something out of it. So, I look forward to talking to you more. Uh, Please feel free to comment on this in the We Are Libertarians Facebook group or send me a private note. Spangle at wearelibertarians.com or editor at wearelibertarians.com and I look forward to talking to you next time.